Hey, Kansas City. Welcome to episode 16 of the Made in Casey podcast. We are now in day 16 of the 30-day stay-at-home order. I'm Tyler Enders. I'm Keith Bradley. And I'm Thomas McIntyre. Today, we are joined by two of the biggest names in the Casey food scene to discuss their new fundraising effort, KC Runs on Hospitality. Photographer, entrepreneur, editor, and connector Anna Petro has teamed up with Danielle Lehman, creator and host of Open Belly, founder and CEO of Boxer and Mutt, a digital design agency, and the genius behind Curbside KC. Well, good afternoon to you both. I know you both have insane amounts of things going on, so thank you so much for making time to join us today. Thanks for having us. All right, before we get into all the good work going on right now, Help us understand on a personal level what your guys' lives look like right now. What's changed, what hasn't, et cetera. Sure. So for me, um, a little bit has changed. Some of my work has slowed down. I, I freelance, so some of my clients have kind of paused projects, but I've now become a full-time stay-at-home mom as well and have been filling my time trying to take care of people in the community, feeding people, keeping people informed about um, how to support local restaurants. So I feel like I'm personally busier than ever, but um, it's just a different flow that I'm getting used to like everybody else's. Yeah, uh, I was just joking with Patrick last night that I'm somehow busier than I've ever been, but making no money. Um, (laughs) I, uh, of course, work as a photographer primarily with folks in the food and beverage industry. So with the mandated closure of their dining rooms, my work fell off pretty quickly. So I've uh, pivoted a little bit to doing a couple photo shoots in my house for clients that still have product photography needs or who want to advertise the to-go offerings that they have. But for the most part, I've been, like Danielle, focusing on how I can help the community. And so you guys can't relate at all to all the memes about people being bored out of their minds? No. (laughs) I wish. I wish I had time to watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we in an earlier episode, we talked about what we all were watching. Have you guys watched anything new? Um, I'm diving into Ozark finally, which I love that show. But like Danielle, not too much TV time. I've um, I finished one episode of Tiger King. So nice. I sort of have an idea of what everyone's talking about. But no, I, I'm lucky if I make it through 30 minutes of some show I've seen before, you know. <laughs> Completely understand. <laughs> Well, the reason we had you both on today is because you just launched an initiative called Casey Runs on Hospitality. But before we discuss that effort, I want to give just a little more background on each of you and also talk about Curbside KC. So, Danielle, let's start there. As of two weeks ago, you were best known for your critically acclaimed podcast, Open Belly, which shares the stories of immigrant chefs in our community. But in the past two weeks, as lots of things have changed, you've also become known for your absolutely incredible initiative, Curbside KC. Tell us about that. Well, first of all, I will say no one's ever referred to my podcast as critically acclaimed. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I a couple of weeks ago when all of this started changing, um, a lot of the restaurant owners that I've worked with through the podcast reached out to me and said they were shifting to only takeout or only curbside takeout. And as a marketer first, that's, that's my day job. I felt like it was really, it was confusing for consumers to figure out how to continue to support their favorite restaurants. If they weren't sure if they were open or if they were doing dining room takeout, or if you had to stay in the car or you, you only could deliver, nobody could quite figure out how to do that. So um, I decided to build a quick website where restaurants could list all of their current offerings. And if they changed, Every day they could continue to update it. 
Um, and so their, their customers could come and quickly see who's still operating and who is still serving curbside takeout and delivery, maybe just in the short term. So I built curbside KC in a couple of hours on a Saturday morning, and I wasn't quite sure if it would be widely used. Um, and I think by that Monday, we had almost a thousand restaurants in the database. We now have over 1,200 restaurants in the database. It's being updated multiple times a day still. We've had over 100,000 unique visitors on the site since we launched. So it's it's really interesting that it's become kind of a, a indispensable tool in the community for people to figure out where they can order food. And I think a lot of people are even struggling to be able to get groceries right now. You can't even get an Instacart delivery window available. So people are relying on curbside takeout and delivery, I think more than a lot of restaurants even thought that they would. So I'm happy that it's become a good resource for everyone to use. I've used it personally. And I think the story of going from zero to a thousand is just remarkable. Uh, How did that happen? How did it get from zero to one and one to a hundred? So I just started listing restaurants that I knew were operating. Yeah, I think I put maybe 25 in and then I sent it out to a few friends and told them, you know, can you spread the word? I posted it in the Kansas City Eats Facebook group and it just took off. I reached out to a few media contacts who offered to write about it very generously, but then a lot of media started contacting me. So it just, I'm honestly, it went viral really quickly. I don't know that there was any magic that I did necessarily. It just, I think it was a tool that everybody really wanted and needed, and it just happened to, to work out at the right time. I completely agree with all of those things. And also think it's a testament to the Kansas City community in that it is so connected that you with your platform and your resources could get something from a Saturday to a Monday to go from zero to a thousand. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, like I said, I just really want to be a good resource during this time for people in the community. I want my favorite restaurants to be open when this is all over. So yeah, I just wanted to try to, to be useful right now. Well, it's been very useful. Thank you so much for doing that. If you guys, if anyone listening has not used it yet, super simple, curbsidekc.com shows you pretty much everyone who's operating right now. And it's a really good resource to support your favorite restaurants. And Anna, let me brag on you for a minute now. Uh, You call yourself a photographer first and for good reason. Anna is remarkably talented and has her work featured nationally with credits in the New York Times, Food and Wine, among many, many others. Full disclosure, Anna also shoots many of Made in KC's photos, in addition to dozens of Kansas City's best restaurants. But while you call yourself a photographer first, I think of you as this connector, which I think has been proven by this initiative that you're working on now. I think of you as an entrepreneur, a creator. Anna is also the editor of Made in KC Explore, which is Made in KC's digital cultural platform that highlights some of the best parts of arts and culture in KC. And so this wasn't even a role that we had created and we're looking to hire someone. Anna actually created this back in the spring of 2017 when she came up for the concept of Explore. So with all that said, Anna, tell us a little bit about the story about how Casey Runs on Hospitality came into being. Yes. Well, um, I actually have to give all credit to a friend of mine, Wade Paul in Chicago. Wade is the owner of probably my favorite bar in the world, Stereo in Logan Square. Among many other concepts, he operates leisure activities with partners. They have a few great restaurants and bars. And, you know, what he did really inspired me in the same way that Danielle launched Curbside KC, which was that they had this T-shirt and a virtual tip jar operating and ready to go. Pretty much 
right after the stay-at-home order was issued in Chicago. And at the time when the order had been issued in Kansas City, I was just you know, doing my best to promote whatever things I could via Instagram, be it be just my favorite restaurants that were still operating, or um, the fact that Rieger was taking donations to help provide hand sanitizer to people in the community, all of these incredible things that people were coming together to accomplish in our city on their own. And so this is kind of just one of the things that I felt like needed to be thrown in the mix, because I saw such an incredible response from friends and strangers alike, thanking me for sharing ways that they can help and get involved. And I knew that if we had sort of a centralized approach to supporting hospitality workers that it would take off very quickly. And I think it has. Last night, I just posted on my own account about the fact that Danielle and I had launched this initiative, and we've already raised over $2,000. And that's without any real media or marketing push yet on the shirts. So I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. That's fantastic. We love at Made in KC a good coordinated effort that's being put forth. And so this this coming in front of us, we were just so excited about it. A lot of things we've talked about on this podcast are how it's so widely impacting our city and our businesses. And it's not just a certain group or a certain neighborhood. And therefore, everybody's trying to get help. And they're all having unique different platforms. And it's really tough for people to to get it organized in their head and know how to support or where to support. So bringing something together like this just makes all the difference in the world. We're very supportive of all the different approaches and, and ways to help. And we encourage all everyone listening to reach out to your favorite local restaurant or reach out to people you know on an individual basis to see how you can help. But initiatives like this are going to make it simple. And when things are simple, they, they seem to be more effective. So I applaud you for that. But please do just tell us more about Casey Runs Hospitality and, and what it's all about. Sure. So Casey Runs on Hospitality was a pretty simple approach. Um, we knew that folks were just looking for a way to support the restaurants that they love. Exactly like Danielle said, what do we all want more than anything at the end of this is to be able to go back and see our city thriving in the way that we've loved it for for the past several years. And think, you know, we've all seen the big stride that particularly our hospitality industry was hitting before this crisis. And um, I hope to see them pick up that momentum. And I think this is going to be one of the small ways in which we can help achieve that. The concept is fairly simple. Essentially, we're working with local restaurants only. We are having restaurant owners submit applications. So if you are a restaurant owner or you are a patron of a restaurant that you particularly love, please encourage them to apply. Each restaurant is able to make their earnings by selling shirts directly to their email lists and their social media followers. But we also have kind of a a big, large pot of uh, both the virtual tip jar donations and the main website purchases for the T-shirts, which will be spread evenly among applicants. Danielle and I spent a lot of time thinking about what would be the most equitable and useful way to distribute these funds. And essentially, we came to the conclusion that No one knows their staff better than these restaurant owners. You know, they know exactly who's most at risk among their staff, the best way to allocate the funds. So we're actually leaving it up to each restaurant owner to distribute the funds among their staff when we reach that stage. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we see it with the mask initiative we're working on now. And when you can bring a bunch of different forces together for a single initiative, it just is much cleaner and much more efficient. And I think that's the key component. Being efficient in a time like this is imperative. And this effort is very efficient uh, from the way I see it. And I think that's going to help a lot. And the other idea of the shirt and everybody being part of something bigger is going to be 
really important as this as this rolls out and people feeling like they're part of a bigger population trying to help something versus individually trying to help their restaurant next door. So yeah, mm -hmm. I just great work on this. I'm, I'm really excited about it, guys. And I should add um, part of the efficiency that we are achieving here is thanks in large part to Canby's Markets, who has agreed to operate essentially as the fund distributor we needed a nonprofit to partner with to make this all by the book. And so they're taking on a lot of extra work at a time when they're already really busy supporting their community um, to do this for us. And we in the restaurants are all very thankful. That's fantastic. We had talked in a previous episode about the peer pressure that people might feel about wearing masks in public. And I'm optimistic that there are going to be so many people in this food and beverage scene wearing this shirt that there's going to be this similar sense of peer pressure and that these are going to be seen as much as a Charlie Hustle heart shirt because people are so proud of our really, really vibrant food and beverage scene. And they're going to want to say, hey, publicly, I support this and you should too. I hope so. I, I plan to be drinking a beer on the brewery Imperial Powder of soon and looking at it to see if people wearing shirts <laughs> i love it exactly and it's a cool shirt i mean it's like a shirt people want to wear um we partnered with frank norton to design the shirt he's he generously donated his time to design the shirt i just feel like it's such a symbol of so many people coming together and adding their talents and their passion and and supporting our community and so i i i mean it's a it's a shirt that i would love to wear even if it didn't mean something more than just wearing a cool shirt so in our sudden but brief um, baptism into the unemployment world, we've had to help our team members navigate something new for us. We've learned pretty quickly that uh, unemployment's a little bit of a complicated system to navigate. doesn't quite cover everybody, depending on when you work for your employer, for how long. It does seem like through this pandemic that the hospitality industry has been hit exceptionally hard. And we also know that um, in our society, discussions around fair wages, um, the discussion often resolves around the hospitality industry as well being that they get most of their income from tips. What have you guys seen the impact on the hospitality industry be so far during this pandemic? I think what I've seen is a lot of confusion and a lot of people are scared. I, I know there's been a lot of frustration around filing for unemployment, just even being able to submit an application or getting a hold of someone on the phone. And meanwhile, you know, our living expenses go on. I'm a part of a few Facebook groups that are specifically geared towards hospitality workers. And I've seen a lot of frustration from folks that, you know, their rent is still due. Um, their landlords are threatening to evict them. They've got families to feed. Uh, we've also been doing some free lunches for displaced hospitality workers on a weekly basis. And a lot of the folks that come to that, you know, have six kids in the car and they ask, can we have some for our family? So I think the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, it's not just one hospitality worker that that person's um, tips might be feeding six people, you know, putting a roof over the head for six people. You know, there's there's just not a real clear path right now to how we can take care of these people and what the long term plan is as well. I, I don't know that unemployment is going to be enough to take care of a lot of these folks needs in a, on a long term basis. So, I mean, that was really my interest in participating in this project is how do we make sure that we're truly taking care of people's needs? Because I don't think we can rely on unemployment to, to make it, you know, sustainable for them for, for however long this lasts. I don't think as soon as the stay at home order is lifted, people are going to flock back to the restaurants in the numbers that we saw before. I think it's going to be kind of a slow, gradual increase. A lot of people won't get their jobs back right away. So um, if this could be a, a long period of time for some folks that they, that they are unemployed. Mm -hmm. Likewise, I agree. That was part of why I wanted to get this initiative started was 
I was seeing a lot of the language out there of people saying tip for your food as much as you possibly can, which while that's a fantastic sentiment, the reality is a lot of the consumers getting to go food are also facing unemployment struggles of their own or decreased workload of their own. Um, so we need a bigger and wider solution from our government leaders. But as far as KC runs on hospitality goes, I'm really hoping to chase some corporate sponsorships to um, really pad and make more impactful the funds that we're able to contribute to these restaurants. We've done a little bit of future casting on this podcast um, about what life will be like after the pandemic. Do you think this will change anything around the conversations of wages in the hospitality industry? I hope so. I hope that this is a wake up call for people. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, how many people are complaining that the unemployment check that they're getting isn't enough to take care of their family, yet it's comparable to what a minimum wage worker would get. Um, I think it's opening a lot of people's eyes to the poverty level for a lot of folks that work in the hospitality industry. And I hope that it, it is the wake up call that we, we need to, to make some changes at a higher level um, to take care of people that are taking care of us every day. And I hope we remember right now the sacrifices these people are making and the risks they're personally taking to continue feeding our community. They're the ones out there on the front lines continuing to safely prepare our food every day when a lot of us, like Danielle said, can't get to the grocery store. So we cannot soon forget the sacrifices that they're making. And would you all be able to share again what the goals of the campaign are and how you all define success at the end of this? We have not set a specific financial goal. Um, part of what is happening here is basically an experiment. I think we're going to see a way greater need of restaurants who want to apply than we can likely accommodate with the funds that we're able to raise. So that is a big reason behind my interest and likely focus moving forward in chasing both donors who are willing to match what we raise, donors who are willing to take on the production costs of the shirts and other merchandise that we'll be producing. Um, I'm really interested in seeing the volume of funds that we are able to pass on to these restaurants be as impactful as possible. And so how are you going to distribute in terms of frequency? Is this going to be weekly, monthly? And then also, what happens if you have a 1,000 restaurants want to sign up since there are already a 1,000 on curbside KC? So clearly, you guys have already displayed your ability to reach these restaurant owners. So it would follow that there's a good chance there will be many, many people signing up to participate. We will most likely have more restaurants sign up than we can initially accommodate. Um, we are open to any and all solutions. So anyone listening, if you have a light bulb over your head, please send it my way. But for now, I think the game plan is to cap the application exceptions at a certain point while we gain our feet and see what kind of response we're getting in terms of purchasing and donations. And can you also speak to how you're going to be distributing funds to the restaurants, if that'll be on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? The distribution to the funds, like I mentioned, is going to be managed by Canby's Markets. For those of you that aren't familiar with Canby's Markets, they are working to end food deserts in Kansas City by providing produce in bodegas, gas stations, and other convenient locations for people so that they can access fresh food within walking distance of their homes. As you can imagine right now, they are busier than ever, not only with the typical needs of the base that they serve, but the additional needs of feeding children and families who are out of school who relied on two to three meals a day. Um, so they are working pretty much around the clock. We're lucky to have their help. I think our um, fund distribution cycle will be a little bit dependent on their workload, but I hope to do it on a weekly basis, ideally. 
So to kind of wrap some things up, what's the best way to spread the message? And most importantly, when will the t-shirts ship so we can start wearing them? We all have a good t-shirt around here at Made in KC. The shirts should start shipping as soon as Friday. So that's pretty exciting. Get your orders in soon if you want to be one of the first people to sport the shirt. As far as ways that you can help us, please share your shirt through all means possible. Email it out to your family. Send the link to friends. I have some really kind friends from out of state who are purchasing the shirt despite never having lived here, <laughs> which is really fine. Um, but I think, you know, just don't limit our audience in any way. I think every family member, every friend is a potential um, customer for these fantastic t-shirts. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We know you're both super busy. This is both of these initiatives are absolutely incredible. So thanks for sharing them with us. Um, as a reminder to everyone, you can go to caseyrunsonhospitality.com and directly support the initiative there to financially support hospitality workers. And then you can go to curbsidekc.com if you want to keep the deliveries going, because let's be real, anyone under age 40 has probably run out of meals they know how to cook. Uh, in closing thoughts, Danielle, Anna, anything that we've missed, anything else that you'd like to add before we sign off? I think we covered everything. I just want to say I've really been inspired by all of the people in our community who have figured out these really innovative ways to support our local businesses. And it's, um, I've only lived in Kansas City for four years and I feel like really like I'm part of this community and I don't know any other city in the world that's quite like that. I've never lived in the city where people have looked out for each other so much. And so I think the silver lining on this has just been how inspiring it's been to just see people coming together and, and trying to support each other. Yeah, I mean, it cements what we already knew about Kansas City, right? We're seeing all these people rise up to meet their neighbors' needs in a way that honestly, the government can't keep pace with. And so it's been pretty cool to see people support each other that way. You guys are giving me chills talking about it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you both so very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, you can contact us at hello at madeinkc.co. And you can find us on Twitter at madeinkc underscore. Thanks.